Lonely Monk Productions. I don't know if y'all have heard Bitter Lovers by Tash Sultana and BJ the Chicago Kid yet, but yo! That's my joy! That's my joy! Hey yo, displace the guilt. What's good, friends and family, neighbors near and far? Welcome to an all new episode of the Yo That's My John podcast. The podcast, website, brand, movement, way of life dedicated to the embrace and championing of your passions. I'm your host, Nate Runkle, aka the human Johnstown Flood, aka Nate 3.0. Back at it again with yet another episode of the podcast. As always, I hope this podcast podcast finds you all in good health and in good spirits. On today's episode, I am joined for a chat by Andrew Houston. Andrew's got a great new album out there called Outward Kid, and we talk about that and a bunch more. And that is coming up in a minute. But first, what's up, gang? You know, I don't know if I've said it in a while, but I just want to send out all of the thanks and love in the world for all the kind words about the past few episodes that I've received. You know, from listeners old and listeners new, it means a whole heck of a lot, and I'm glad that anything I've put out there has entertained even one of you. You know, I love hearing feedback, so please feel free to reach out and shoot me a note. Many, many ways to do that. You know, you can hit us up on the socials, at Yo That's My John. We're on them all, so whatever your favorite social is, whatever your social of choice is, hit us up, at Yo That's My John. You can also email us at yo that's my John at gmail.com if you're old like me and you still email people. You know, I mentioned this at the end of the show during the credits that I know all of you skip. I I skip it myself, but you can leave us a voice message by visiting anchor.fm slash ytmj slash message. You know, you leave one of those and maybe I'll play it on the podcast. Who knows? There's many, many ways to reach out. And of course, if you're not on it already, sign up for the mailing list. There's a link to do so in the show notes of this very episode. Or you can visit www.yothatsmyjohn.com and you put your email there and that little pop-up that comes up and boom, we are instant friends and all of the updates of the show are delivered straight into your inbox. You don't have to do anything at all after that. You You just sit back and you get them updates. So what are you waiting for? Do it to it. All right, we're going to take a quick break and then my interview with Andrew Houston. Yo, That's My John is brought to you by Liquid IV. Guys, it is festival season. And you know me, I love a festival. And the secret to enjoying a festival is to stay hydrated. Liquid IV has you covered while you prep before, power through to the headliner, and recover after the weekend. Liquid IV hydrates two times faster than water alone with three times the electrolytes of traditional sports drinks. Man, I love Liquid IV. It comes in a convenient packaging, and it's tasty. When you see me at the Exponential Music Festival this fall, you know that I will have Liquid IV on me. And it comes in 12 delicious, refreshing flavors to keep your hydration routine exciting. All right, strawberry used to be my favorite, but they have this new one. It's strawberry lemonade, and it is a banger. One stick of Liquid IV in 16 ounces of water hydrates you two times faster and more efficiently than water alone. It's non-GMO and free from gluten, dairy, and soy. Liquid IV believes that equitable access to clean and abundant water is the foundation of a healthier world. So Liquid IV partners with leading organizations for innovative solutions to help communities protect both their water and their futures. To date, Liquid IV has donated over 39 million servings in 50-plus countries around the world. Okay, and you can get 20% off when you go to liquidiv.com and use the promo code YTMJ at checkout. That's 20% off anything you order when you shop Better Hydration today using the promo code YTMJ at liquidiv.com. Do it, and let's get our fests on. 
My guest today is a Philly-based singer-songwriter who has cut his teeth in area bands such as the Tisberries, Calico, and the Describers, just to name a few. On July 14th, he released his fourth full-length album, Outward Kid, a 10-song collection that, in his words, draws on, quote, learning how to deal with death, finding the positives in grieving, and growing into life rather than trying to dull it. And it features contributions from Tyler Essay and Doug Keller of the Tisberries. Folks, it is my honor to welcome to the show, Andrew Houston. Ladies and gentlemen, I am joined today by the great Andrew Houston. Andrew, thank you for joining me on Yo, That's My John. Thanks so much for having me, man. I'm, I'm really happy to be here. Yeah, man, I'm excited for this conversation. The uh, the uh, new album, Outward Kid, is phenomenal, and I can't wait to get to talk to you about it and all that good stuff. But uh, before we even get to any of that, let's like uh, I always like to jump in the Wayback Machine, you know? And yeah. uh, let's, let's hear a little bit about uh, where you grew up. Tell me a little bit about a childhood Andrew. Okay, so um, I'm from Bucks County, uh, Langhorne area. Um, I grew up there, went to Neshaminy High School, um, and I moved to Philadelphia. I went to Westchester University um, for school, uh, which is where I've met a lot of my good core friends that I have now. Um, and I've been living in Philadelphia now for the past six years, I believe. Okay. All right. What yeah. um what years were you in uh, Westchester? That I used to hang out there. I didn't go to um, school there, but I hung. So, out. I went to school there from 2012 to 2016. Okay. Okay. A little yeah. after, a little after. I'm an old man. What I don't know why I thought I was a, <laughs> We used to uh but uh I had a, a acoustic duo. We were called the Impact Players and uh, Oh, nice. We, we used to play the Kildares in in Westchester all the time okay. back in the day and cool. then, uh, 15 north and then when that became whatever it became after 15 north uh, we played yeah. a bunch that was that was our old hang <laughs> nice that's awesome man i think when i went there like the main place to play music was fenario uh coffee house okay that's okay. familiar with right there but yeah. i remember that going to the open mic there and like doing like smaller local music shows there and whatnot which was cool well that's awesome uh mm -hmm. so when you were a kid like what kind of music was playing around the house um, well, first of all, my dad, I think probably he, he introduced me to like Led Zeppelin and the doors and like, you know, the classic rock stuff. Um, I think my mom is actually the first person who like told me to listen to Nirvana. I remember her being like, you should check them out. I think you would really like them. It's so funny. My, my mom was the one who turned me on to Nirvana. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, my parents have good taste in music. Um, so I think that definitely plays into like the stuff that I listen to today. Yeah. For sure. What, um, were, were, were you into music a lot as a kid or? Oh yeah. Um, I started playing the drums when I was like 11 or 12, I think. Um, and like from that point on, like my basement has always been like, you know, God bless my parents because like the walls were shaking like <laughs> every day, every night. My friend, like my house was the jam spot, you know, so like my parents would let my friends bring up, bring over all their instruments and stuff and kind of just let us rock out, do our thing in the basement. So. That's one um, of the things. That's one of the things that, like, I always respect about, um, uh, uh, especially drummer parents. But like, um, you know, the parents of the person who had the jam spot. Because, oh like, yeah, my buddy Scott was our drummer, and like, we were always just l obnoxiously loud and not good. <laughs> and I and they never once like complained or yelled or anything. You know, it's yeah. Just, I guess they just they 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 went outside and like tuned it out until we were done and then <laughs> you know I I will forever be thankful to them for that for sure. Yeah. So you started <laughs> playing at 11 um were you were you taking lessons or were you playing in school at all? Um yeah, I started out taking lessons um from uh this guy Buddy Deppenschmidt. He's an old jazz drummer. Um so I started taking lessons from him um, and he really like helped me think differently about music and how to go about playing it and understanding it. Um, but I did play, I was in like the school band and stuff like that, like the marching band and whatnot. So me too. All, all around, you know, I was jamming with my friends at night and then like the next day I was at like 
orchestra rehearsal or whatever. <laughs> that was actually how I ended up in marching band. Was uh, we had we were we were playing. Uh, we had like our, our our rock band practice, and then like the drummer and the lead singer and one of the other guys was like, "Hey, we got to go." And I was like, "Where are you going?" And they're like, "Ah, oh, band camp starts tonight." And I was like, "Well, what the hell is that?" And they were like, "Yeah, we're in marching band. Uh, do you want to come?" And like they were like, he was like, "Maybe they'll give you like symbols or something like that." And I was like, yeah. "Okay, that sounds good." And then I showed up, and they were like. Do you have any uh, background in music? And I was like, I played clarinet in fifth grade, and I played trumpet in fourth grade. And they were like, trumpet? Okay, here's a baritone. And they gave me a <laughs> fucking big, huge, low brass baritone. Oh yeah. And then I played that for two years. Um, nice, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like the best of both worlds, you know? Like, you know, uh, I remember, like, my band teacher becoming, like, incredibly frustrated with me because I would, like, never learn the the wheel of thirds or whatever like the music theory wheel like yeah i can never fully grasp my grasp the concept and it like drove me nuts yeah you know it's it's crazy though but like i feel like being in marching band taught me so much about rhythm and tempo um mm -hmm. just from like and and like i still catch myself uh sometimes when i'm playing shows mar marching in step like <laughs> because oh, yeah. it's just it's ingrained in there you know like, <laughs> yeah. yep man do you have um? Do you ever have the um? We're I don't I don't know how I'm pretty sure Nishamini had a, a pretty big uh, uh, marching band, right? Yeah, yeah. I actually i I tried out for like their their uh, drum line or whatever, and I was on the drum line for a little bit, but I was kind of like a brat because. I think I tried out and got the bass drum part and I wanted to play the snare or something. So, event <laughs> so, event so eventually I was like, screw this. Like I'll, I'll go jam with my friends instead. Like, but, uh, you know, that's yeah. what it is. The only reason I ask is cause I still, I'm, I'm 46 years old and I still have nightmares that I don't know the drill and there's a big competition. <laughs> it's like, uh, you the know, cadence. Everybody, yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. Every time. Yeah. It's yep. the worst. Um, so when you guys were like, uh, playing in the band in high school, were you guys like playing parties and stuff like that? And, um, yeah. So, I mean, I, I was in a band in high school. Uh, we didn't really play parties. We did like a lot of open mics like in like i remember coming up to world cafe and playing the open mic there and like thinking it was the coolest thing ever because i was like you know 16 or whatever but i do remember playing at um the truck one time and they made me sit out on the curb until it was time for me to play because i think i was the only one that was like underage at the point and they uh yeah, they made me sit out on the curb until like the second it was time for me to play. And then I went in and played. And then the moment I was done there, like, all right, you got to get out. Like, that's okay. awesome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's so awesome. That's, yeah. that, that sounds like the truck. Mm -hmm. um, what, what, what type of music was, was that band? That was like more alternative rock, like kind of hard rock-ish, but um, and like a blend of different genres. Yeah. yeah. What um yeah. like what kind of uh uh drum influence did you have like when you were starting and all? Uh drum influence. Um I mean kind of like more I always could appreciate the drummers that did more with less, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um just like locked into the pocket, like um I'm trying to think of my favorite. I mean, Quest Love is like one of my favorite drummers, just like Anyone that can kind of fall into any genre and make it work um, is like an influence for me, for sure. Yeah, uh, uh, Quest is um, just, uh, I mean, like, it, I, I'm, it's its a weird thing because I've been a fan of The Roots um, mm -hmm. forever. And then, like, when they got the Jimmy Fallon uh, show, I was, like, paranoid. Like, I was like, <laughs> no, these, you know, like, what the hell? And da-da-da-da-da. But really, uh -huh. like, that show has, to me, kind of showed the entire world, like, just how versatile they are and how oh, yeah. much they can just do anything. Like, you throw anything at them and they can pull it off you know yeah it's, for sure it's fantastic like i saw him he put together this thing called love from philly and it was like a classical okay. piece um or no no love from philly's g love philly with love that was it i think it was called um or 
Nope. I'm never going to remember it. Philly Paris lockdown. It, 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 it was a long time ago. But anyway, mm-hmm. it was at the Kimmel Center and it was like a cla- he reworked a classical piece um, and, and performed that. And I was it, like, it was one of those things I wish was like recorded and released so that I could just show somebody like, yeah, OK, you talk about, you know, hip hop, quote unquote, is talentless and da 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 da. Well, you peep this, you know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so, so you got you, so you were playing like, uh, open mics and, and you mm. playing at the truck and stuff like that. Uh, did you, did that band record anything? Um, yeah, we did without that, that band was called Calico. Um, and you know, that fizzled out after a time. Um, we did put out an EP, um, but I think it was at that point that like I was going to college and then that kind of fell through. Um, and then I met like a lot of my friends from college that I still play with currently today. Um, like, uh, I don't know if you know Tyler from the Tisberries. Um, uh, of course that's a, that's yeah. a good pal. Yeah. Yeah. So he was like one of the first people I met in college. He actually was playing with my high school band for a while. Cause there was like that overlap. Um, he was playing bass in that band. And then, uh, we kind of branched off and started doing our own thing. I was playing with the Tisberries, drumming for the Tisberries for a few years. And then um, and then I started like writing my own music and then just sharing ideas with everybody. And then it's been that way ever since. Just, you know, we all appreciate and listen to each other's music and support each other. And, you know, that's the way it should be. Yeah, it's beautiful. Like I, I, it's one of the things, and you know, I, I told you know Tyler and Doug, like I, I, I admire um, how many different projects they have their hands in at any moment in time. Like yeah, you know, for all sure. of you guys and uh, Jason as well. You know, like, yeah, just so yeah, many Jason. different, so many different things going on. And, yeah, and at no point, you know, it's like, who are you tonight? You know, like, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah, Doug and Tyler for a while there were wearing many different hats and i was like do you guys ever like take a break like i remember talking to doug he's like oh well i have you know the describers practice on sunday and then i got this one and then i'm doing a podcast on two i'm like damn dude (laughs) i feel like doug especially is just like stuck in go mode like always ready to gig and you know do whatever yeah and you never see the wear like there's no wear whatsoever yeah and i'll tell you what man that doug is like a freaking robot he's very he he always has the right tools for the job if that makes sense like 100 he's one of the most reliable dudes like if you're ever forgetting anything like he's always gonna have a backup like half a spare to like let you borrow or something like that so yeah Yeah. so so you were drumming um with the tisberries through like uh wax nostalgic right um yeah, so up until the pandemic, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Right up until the pandemic, I was drumming with the Tisberries. So, you know, then you you make the pivot to you starting to create your own stuff. Were, were you writing the whole time, like, uh, previous to that? or? Yeah, so <clears throat> I put my first EP out in 2017 um, called Going Away, which is shortly after I moved to Philly, um, I started writing my own music, like towards the end of college, I would say. Um, and just like kind of realizing that I really do enjoy writing my own music and, and, you know, seeing it grow from start to finish. Um, but yeah, I mean, I've been writing since college. Um, Doug, actually I met Doug he, the first time I met Doug, he was preparing to play for my EP release, which was back in 2017. Tyler was just like, yeah, I know someone who can play the bass, and he's been playing with me ever since. So, um, yeah, it's just been and it's just been fun to put out something, create a project, and then like immediately get started on the next thing. Yeah, it's, just a, the, it's a great uh... release for me. When, uh, so you know you were you were playing drums and stuff like that. When did, when did guitar and all that enter the picture? Like when did you start picking up other instruments? Uh, so I think I started playing guitar when I was like eight, eighteen. Okay. Um, and it was more just like me, 
playing guitar as a drummer, <laughs> like very rhythm focused. Um, I feel like I'm just now starting to like branch out into like trying to actually learn <laughs> how to play the guitar. Um, but yeah, it's, it's always been drums for the most part, but yeah, I started playing guitar, um, dabbling with a little bit of bass and whatnot, just kind of any instrument I can dip my toes into. I'm, I'm there. Yeah. What, um, can you remember the uh, first song you could play on guitar, uh, completely? Yeah. So I actually, <laughs> it's funny that you say that because, um, I had this conversation with somebody recently who's like the first, you know, the generic songs you learn on guitars, like deep purple or like, you know, old classic rock songs. But I think mine was between the bars by Elliot Smith. Holy shit. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And I remember like sitting in my dorm room, like teaching myself how to play it and just like amazed that I could teach myself and like f figure out the whole song. So, um, I'm pretty positive that that was the first song that I like taught myself on guitar. Like before that, I was just kind of strumming and learning chords and whatnot. Hell yeah. yeah. The, um, it's, it's funny. Uh, I love asking that question. I, I talked to her, uh, uh, Rustin Kelly, not on the show, but, um, at, at a, a Q and a once. And I asked yeah. him that question and he was mm -hmm. like, he was like, ah, oh, you know, I think it was like, uh, maybe like blink One Eighty Two. What's my age again. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, Oh, respect. And then he like paused and he was like, all right, I'm totally lying. I know what it was. It was, uh, uh, outside by stained. He's like, I just didn't <laughs> want to admit it. And I was like, ah, oh, that's, 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 great. that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> my uh my first song was uh unsung by helmet uh and and, okay. I, sw and I swear that that's not like some kind of like uh, hipster thing it's yeah. just that it's in drop d and it's super easy <laughs> oh yeah man that's awesome <laughs> um so so you start writing your stuff and and you know you you put together going away like um did you have like a conscious effort of like okay you know what now i want to just start doing my own thing like uh um, yeah, I mean, it's always, I've always liked doing my own thing since then. Um, just because I feel like I have so much going on in my head that like, it's kind of impossible for me to like, just go about my business without needing to create something. Um, so it's been nice to do that. I do wish now that I still had a band to play. Like I need to find somewhere to go play the drums because I really miss playing the drums. But um, it's yeah. I mean, it's it's always been nice to kind of just be involved in in both, like writing yeah. and recording my own stuff. Um, just to like have my own side thing to be motivated about. Sure. And, yeah. you know, you, you, you've been uh, quite prolific. I mean, you know, uh, an album a year, essentially, uh, since 2019, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So actually, I, I just a, went to my buddies last weekend to start recording some new stuff. Just ideas that I've had, you know, in the vault. <laughs> yeah. What um does it all start with guitar for you uh, uh, writing songs or? It depends. Um a lot of the times like a, a melody will just come into my head um and i'll just like quick make sure to record it on my iphone so i don't forget um but yeah it's usually it's usually like a melody that comes to my head and then i'll write a riff around it um i think i've been working recently with like especially being able to record at home um i think has been helpful in writing because i can kind of like put it down and then write from there rather yeah. than thinking it through and trying to come up with it all in the moment so i definitely think that's been helpful um but yeah i would say like normally it's the melody first then i'll come up with a guitar riff and then go from there yeah, that's awesome. The um, I I I read uh in in doing my my half-ass research that I do um you know uh, <laughs> that that uh, uh flower was a was a quarantine album. Is, is oh that, yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah, yep, that was a quarantine album for sure. It, it's it, it's amazing to me how much awesome shit um came out of such a dark time. You know. Like, yeah, yeah. Seriously, man. Speaking of uh Jason McGovern, he actually I recorded that all like in my apartment, like on my little, um, 
what's the word for that? The, the thing that you record on, I'm having a brain fart right now, but um, like he was involved in that project too, because I would record the tracks and then send it to him and then he would mix it and master it and stuff. So it was nice to still connect with people on that yeah. level during the pandemic, especially doing something that you love. Yeah. 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 Oh, 100%. I mean, like, uh, uh, it's probably no secret, uh, especially to people who, who are uh, familiar with the show and listen to it, but that's how this all got started. And it was really just like, I was going nuts in my house and I needed yeah. to talk to other people. You know? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I hear you, man. Yeah. Um, so, uh, you know, you, you got the, uh, you got to the, the, the latest album outward kid. Um, and, uh, how, how long was the, pro- like, when did you start kind of writing, uh, and working on that? That actually, I would say I started on that, um, writing those songs last summer, um, probably about last July. And I think I started recording, uh, in October and then I finished, like, I wrote an extra handful of songs, like in the, during the recording process to like round out the entire album. Um, but yeah, I would say probably like a year, a little bit over a year. Yeah. Um, so, you know, one of the one of the things uh, uh, that, you know, you kind of talk about with the album is kind of, you know, examining kind of uh, darker, you know, uh, topics and stuff like that. Where was the yeah. the, the uh, uh, urge to kind of uh, explore that? Where did that come from? So um, a huge part of that has to do with me quitting drinking and everything that came about with that and how I kind of processed my emotions and managed um, you know, how I go about addressing things. Um, cause just, I think just about the time last, it's been a, a little over a year since I quit drinking. Um, and alcohol has always been like something that's been deeply rooted and like, and paired with like everything that I do, like live music playing. Um, and I think just taking that factor out of the equation uh, brought up a lot of feelings for me and uh it's just uh you know a huge theme of the album is just like breaking out of those toxic cycles of of things that are easy to fall back on but like once you actually do the work and put in the effort like you'll see on the other side that things are a lot brighter and and a lot um you know more positive there's it's- there are other things to live for and and other things that can bring you joy and happiness. Yeah, it's absolutely true. Like, uh, uh, my, my wife and I, we stopped drinking, uh, over the pandemic. Um, okay. when, when, when everybody started drinking, we, yeah. <laughs> yeah. but, uh, um, you know, and like, I'll still have a drink here and there, um, every yeah. once in a while, but for the most part, like I don't drink and, and, and you're right. Like it, it's, it's it really interesting to see kind of what comes out of, of that newfound sobriety like yeah for sure um, there's there's only been like I, I really don't ever feel tested but there are like little things where like um you know y- you mentioned live shows like like playing the first time i played a show i was like oh wait a minute <laughs> like you know yeah. it, was like a, <laughs> yeah. it was like a moment of like uh oh can i do this sober i don't know like maybe yeah. i made the wrong decision um and then oddly um phillies games uh, mm. gets me too. Like, I'm just, <laughs> that I'm makes like, sense. Man. <laughs> like, I'm just like, I'm like, I kind of feel like I'm supposed to have beer here, but yeah, I don't, but I don't, but it's I, like I, the perfect storm of factors at a Phillies game that would make you want to drink. Yeah. I think. And, and everybody else is wasted is also yeah. the, a big portion of that, you know, for sure. Uh, but, um, <laughs> but I will say that like one of the things that I found so helpful has been, uh, uh the fact that they now make non-alcoholic beer that doesn't taste like shit. <laughs> yeah, I agree, man. I've like, Every once in a while, I'll be out like with my friends and they'll be drinking. And I'll see they have like an IPA, non-alcoholic IPA. I'm like, this isn't, it's not half bad, you know? But yeah. Seltzer water pretty much gets the job done for me. Seltzer and lime, but. That's perfect. That's <laughs> yeah. perfect. Um, so, so uh, that was like a, a year ago. Um, so is right around the time when you started writing this or did you have time to kind of um, decompress before writing it? So, yeah, these songs are actually like some of the ones I'm most proud of because it was like once I stopped and, and you know, the, 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 the album's not 100% about me quitting right, drinking, sure, but it's sure. about 
you know, I had a, a friend that passed away. My my grandma passed away, which is a lot has a lot to do with that album and as well. Um, I will say that uh, I am proud of these songs because I'm I'm pretty positive that like every song I've written before this album has had alcohol involved in one way or another, like in the writing process, the recording process, and just the fact that you know. I wrote all these so- songs completely sober and like these songs are probably the most meaningful to me so far. I think that says a lot. Yeah, absolutely. Sure. And you can hear it. Like you can definitely hear like kind of, uh, I don't want to call it pride because that makes it sound weird. You know, mm-hmm. like I, like pride is, is supposed to be bad, I guess. I don't know. Uh, but <laughs> I, you know what I mean? But like you can, you can hear like kind of the, the sense of ownership and understanding and like the realization that you, um, uh, you know, are presenting your, your kind of purest and truest self. Yeah, for sure. Um, is, is there any, so you've, you've played these, um, live a few times. Is there, is there any, uh, challenges playing, you know, some of the songs live or anything, uh, emotionally, Um, I guess I should say. No, I want to like, I think it's more of like a happy thing for me. Like, yeah, it's like, I've, I can take ownership of these songs and, and, you know, some of those songs are about like loved ones passing away, but it's like. I'm celebrating it in this moment and and celebrating like the progress that I've made personally. And it's more about just like owning it and, and celebration for me, I think. No, it's, it's fantastic. Like, and like I said, it's, it's an incredible album. Like it, it definitely, uh, it definitely bangs, man. Like I, I'm, Thanks I'm, a lot. Big, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of it. Um, what, what, what kind of, uh, uh, influence did you have going into kind of like, you know, uh, when you, when you went into the studio and you're like, I kind of want this to sound like, uh, well, I mean, I do think that like subconsciously, whatever I'm writing at the time, is influenced by whatever I'm like binge listening to at the time. Um, but I go through phases like Wilco's always in my <laughs> on Wilco's always playing on my playlist. Um, also, I, I think I was listening to a lot of Graham Hunt. He's from Wisconsin. Um, he he's actually coming to the Yuki Club, I think, in like two weeks. But I was listening to a lot of him at the at the time. Um, but yeah, I would say like, I I can't specifically remember what it was like that I was listening to, but it tends to be that whatever I'm like, have on repeat that week is like what my song is going to partially sound like a little bit. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I, I you, you mentioned Wilco. I'm a, a bit of a, a Wilco stan uh, myself. Oh, yeah. The, uh, we, we just saw, um, we went down to D.C. to the Atlantis, and we just saw uh, Jeff Tweedy do a solo acoustic show um, okay. in a tiny 450-seat room, and it was um, uh, transcendent. It was absolutely incredible. That's actually, I, I saw him in, in Brooklyn uh, oh, no a few kidding. weeks back. Yeah, yeah. And that was... Uh, like one of the best shows I've ever been to for sure. Completely, man. <laughs> yeah. I made sure like I brought my buddy with me and I'm like, uh, like, we're gonna get there early. We're gonna get like to the front row. He's just like, Yeah, all right, that's cool, man. <laughs> so I was like front front and center, just like locked in. Oh, uh, it's so cool. I, I did get to have a um a very tiny back and forth with him from the audience. Um, oh, that's amazing. Man. Yeah, he uh he was making this whole joke about uh the people that were at the show the night before and he was like doing this whole thing about how they all suck and they and they were terrible and you know, not like you guys and yeah. And then he was like, ah, I don't know. He's like, I, I, I he's like in case anybody doesn't realize I'm just joking, he's like, I say this, <laughs> he's like, I say this about everybody, and there was like a, a little lull. And I was like, wait, does this mean you're going to talk shit on us tomorrow? <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, uh, no, no, not you guys. But yes, totally. Uh, you know, <laughs> he's funny, man. He's a funny hilarious. dude. Yeah. He's so hilarious. And like, uh, you know, like I, I remember the first time I saw him on uh, Parks and Rec. And that was like the first time like I was like, oh, you got you got some jokes, my guy. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, man. <laughs> that's awesome. So, like, um, uh, uh, you know, uh, what has the response been to the album? Like, what have have you been getting good good feedback from people? Or yeah, yeah. So, I mean, definitely like the most buzz I think I've been able to create from any of my projects so far. Um, just seems like a lot of more people are actually listening. <laughs> And uh, I don't know if it's because, like, I i mean, I i got, like, vinyl pressed. I, I, I tried to make it, like, seem as official as possible. Maybe that had something to do with it. But, yeah, I mean, everyone's been saying that they, you know, they, they're really liking the songs and that they can tell that I'm kind of, like, wearing my heart on my sleeve with this one. That's awesome, you know, and it's it's, it's great to um, be rewarded for kind of, like I said, presenting a true version of yourself you know like it's yeah for sure it's it's got to feel great yeah definitely um so um you've uh i obviously had the the record release and stuff like that um but you know playing playing them out um are there any kind of shows on the horizon that uh it's funny that you say that because i'm in the process of like i really don't play out too too often like probably once every couple of months um at at least um i am in the process of trying to get something together for the fall um but the date that i just had kind of fell through but um i am looking to schedule something um i'm talking to this guy tyler burkhart from lancaster he's a very talented songwriter um just like everything I listen to from him is like I'm a fan of, which is how I ended up talking to him anyway. But um trying to get him on the bill and I'm going to be trying to find one other person. Um, But hopefully in, in like October, November. Um, Yeah, I try I try and have one like once every few months uh, just so that I'm like not getting too burnt out. And yeah, people will be more willing to show up to. Definitely, definitely. Yeah. yeah, you can't you can't pollute the you can't pollute the market with too many shows because yeah, you for just sure. wear it all thin. Mm-hmm. Um are are you still um jamming with other people and stuff like that, like in other projects or um not not necessarily at the moment. Um I did I mean this was like a year ago. I I did have an opportunity to play a show at the Tisberries. I think this was last summer, but like they just needed someone to fill in on drums, so that was fun. But I mean I'm I'm looking to find an act to drum with, or I think I'm just gonna start going to the Grape Room uh, open jams again, um, like every week, just so I can like kind of get that off of my chest. Um, but yeah, no, not nothing, nothing at the moment. Right on. Well, you know, uh, folks listening, you heard that. If you're looking for a drummer, you know, yeah, you're looking for someone you want to do some work with. You yep, know, I'm uh, your guy for sure. Um, that's uh, that's so cool. The um, so you 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 mentioned uh, the you got the vinyl. Did you have any um uh, production issues with that? Because or is or is, has that finally like that ship finally righted itself? Because I know for a while it was like really really hard to get a project pressed. So I went I went through Studio Four, which is like they're pretty legit. So like I don't I don't really think we ran into any issues. Um, they were real good at like streamlining the process and being very good at communicating everything yeah um so fortunately i think i i don't really have a reference point but my process seemed relatively smooth that's awesome what was the uh what was the experience like the first time you got to drop the needle on your own uh oh dude it was fucking awesome man that was like a full circle like it, it was just it's like you know it it's cool because like I have this huge vinyl collection, and honestly, never thought I would be able to have the opportunity to press vinyl. So just just the fact that I'm like holding my own record in my hand and able to listen back to it, and my all the time and effort I put into going to the studio is like pressed into those grooves. So it's it's pretty cool. It's a cool experience. That's, for sure. that's awesome, especially like to have something like that. That is something that you know is so incredibly personal, and and you know, kind of dealing w- with what you dealt with, like uh, and, and put into it. Like it's amazing to have like just th- that physical representation. Of, yeah. of it all. 
Yeah, for sure. And I'll have that, you know, for the rest of my life for, you know, give to my kids or whatever, my future family members. And it's just, it's just something nice to have. Yeah, I gotta, I gotta get my hands on a copy of it. Uh, I'm, yeah, for uh, I'm sure. I'm a big vinyl guy. I'll uh, uh, throw throw some money your way and uh, you, have you ship one out. Um, hey, man, yeah, just let me know. <laughs> Send me a message. Uh, it's so cool. Um, at this time, you want to go through my uh, my jauntlet, my questionnaire? Absolutely, yeah. Let me pull uh, up. I actually wrote down my answers here. Oh, cool. I didn't forget anything. This is my this is my fun time thing. This is a uh, 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 the uh, uh, twenty questions that I ask every uh, every guest that starts with the first ten of the one hit wonders. Uh, yeah. Number one, Billy Joel or Elton John? I got to go with Elton John on that one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I no, like no. I, okay. I like his swag a little bit more than, than Billy Joel. Okay, respect. Yeah, respect. <laughs> uh, number two, Debbie Harry or Joan Jett? Um, I said Joan Jett for that one too. Right on. Uh, that's yeah. a, I always I always commend people when they pick Joan Jett because she's local. So like it's like uh, giving the local love. Yeah. Um, otherwise, to. you get the side eye. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> number three, Aretha Franklin or Tina Turner. That one I have Aretha Franklin. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. That that's a, that's a no brainer for me personally. I don't know if you've been listening to WXPN today, but for Throwback Thursday, it's been Aretha. Today's Aretha's day, and they've been playing oh, okay. like a lot of like uh, live stuff and all. Um, but they pay, they played um, her doing a cover of "Nothing Compares to You." Okay. Uh, and uh, it's like super jazzy and I had never heard it before. And like it just it became an immediate earworm. Like I was just like, well, well how did this exist? And I never knew about it. Like I need to <laughs> I need to add this to my next playlist or something. That's amazing. Like that. It's really Thank great. Thank you, XPN, for that. <laughs> they, Hell yeah. That, that always happens to me when I'm listening to XPN. They tricked me into liking Bruce Springsteen one time, <laughs> I think. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny you know i uh i went my entire life hating bruce springsteen um, and then uh much like the grateful dead one day i found out that it wasn't that i hated them it's that i hated people who told me that they loved them and, you know like <laughs> and uh yeah and, uh, um so like it like there's a bunch of bands like that like um the cure is another one that for the yeah. longest time i didn't like because like every person who told me they love the cure i'm like well i fucking hate you so like you know what i mean like <laughs> yeah I know exactly what you mean. That's hilarious, man. Uh, the next one, uh, Nirvana or Pearl Jam? Uh, I, I got to go with Nirvana on that one. Um, a lot of respect for Pearl Jam, but... I feel like if you're going to pick one over the other, it's got to be Nirvana. Yeah. Um, you know, you you uh, mentioned your your mom turning you on to them. Uh, and, and as I said, my mom turned me on to them. Um, it's, so, it's so weird to me um, how people find uh, music. Like, it, because, it, it, like, it's, it's not as easy as it used to be to, like, discover things. So, yeah. like, those gifts when someone, like, just kind of blesses you with, uh, <laughs> with uh, here, check this out, I think it'll blow your mind. Yeah, it takes all the hard work out of it. That's nice. exactly right. Yeah, you don't yeah. have to dig for it yourself. Yep. Uh, Janis Joplin or Stevie Nicks? Uh, I put Stevie Nicks for that one. Okay, okay, yeah. respect. Yeah. Uh, the big one, Beatles or the Stones? I gotta say the Stones. Hell yeah! <laughs> Hell yeah! I, I, I appreciate the grit over the Beatles. You know, yeah. Um, it's just a little more my my speed, my style. Yeah, you know, um, uh, the the folks at home are probably sick of hearing me say this, but like um, the Beatles to me were like a bunch of geniuses who just happened to play music together for a very long period of time or a very short period of time. Yeah. But to me, the Stones are just like a band. Like when I think yeah. about a band, like it's the Stones. <laughs> and, I know what you mean, man. And uh, here's a funny story for you. Um, uh, we talked about Questlove earlier. Um, someone, some dumb, dumb, really, really dumb person one time, uh, I, I used to post on Questlove's message board and mm -hmm. this dumb, dumb was like, Hey, on the seed 2.0, um, you got like a John Bonham thing going on. And like, I replied to the guy and I was like, it's not, he's not doing Bonham. He's doing Charlie Watts and, uh, <laughs> and Quest re replied to it. And he was like, 100%, uh, the seed 2.0 is me doing my best Charlie Watts. That's so, amazing. So there you go. There's a <laughs> little incredible. stones quest love, uh, connection for you. That's awesome. Man. I always got to bring it back to Philly somehow. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, the last one of the one hit wonders, Bohemian mm -hmm. Rhapsody or Stairway to Heaven? I got Stairway to Heaven for that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
I, 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 it's another story. I'll actually probably cut this because I think I've told this story probably 900 times on this podcast. <laughs> but, um, uh, you know, every the joke is always the guitar store guy playing Stairway, you know, from Wayne's World. Yeah. But for me, my, my, my song was always Over the Hills and Far Away. So, okay. like, um, so when I worked in, a, I used to work in a music store when I was in high school, and mm-hmm. some guy came in and asked to see the 12 string from behind the counter, and I handed it to him, and he like flawlessly started started playing over the hills and far away and I was just like mesmerized and like ever since that moment I was like that's gonna be my thing <laughs> that's so funny man uh the next section is the top 10 countdown in this I use John it can be whatever you want it to be you know obviously mm-hmm. you know what fucking John means I don't know why I'm trying to define it to you uh <laughs> but it doesn't have to be music it can be anything so number yeah. one what was your first John what was the first thing you were obsessed with when you were younger so I I actually put this as a uh since I figured the term John was up for interpretation. I put the first and current John as my as the guitars that I'm playing. Yeah. So what? I put uh my first John was a Stratocaster. Nice. And then, and then the one I'm rocking right now is a Fender Jazzmaster. Yeah. Well, yeah. What, yeah. so so you're you're de- you're definitely a Fender guy. What is it about the uh, the the Fender that just feels good in the hands? Uh, I guess just reliability. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um but first John that I was ever like obsessed with uh was skateboarding for sure. Yeah? Yeah. Um were you good? Uh I was okay. My friends okay. were better than me, but I you know, I wasn't uh I wasn't afraid to to send it, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. To hurt myself. <laughs> I was a I was a guy who skated like everywhere when I was younger and mm-hmm. could not do a single trick. Like okay. <laughs> it was a, it was a mode of transportation for me mm-hmm. and I hung out with all these people who were phenomenal skateboarders um but i remember i tried uh um a a small little tiny quarter pipe one time and mm-hmm. uh fell and was like never again. <laughs> tried to drop in. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. That was uh, <laughs> the first time dropping in is like a, a horrifying experience. And you almost always fall back and smack your head on that. Yep. Bingo. <laughs> that's, ex- that's exactly it. Yep. Um, I will say, current thing that I'm obsessed with now is fishing because I can't yeah. skateboard anymore. Yeah, I love to fish. I feel like since I quit drinking, like, I've just, like, my love for fishing has gone through the roof and i don't know if it's probably just being outside and i get to hike around with my you know, my friends who that go fishing with me and stuff so that's awesome have you fished your whole life or uh yeah yeah i have um but as of recently like i think i'm going like probably like every single weekend just to dude that's awesome uh do you yeah. have do you have a favorite spot um i like wissahickon a lot um Schuylkill Rivers is it's okay. Catch some nasty fish out of the Schuylkill River. Yeah. Um but yeah, more of those like pretty like hiking spots where you can kind of walk around and take in all the nature and whatnot. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah I uh I was I was a uh, I was obsessed with fishing um in my twenties and kind of got out of it and only just recently um started fishing again because my, my wife's uh grandmother owns a bait and tackle shop um on, on the Hudson River. So like, oh, nice. uh, so like when we go on vacation in Cape Cod and stuff like that, we'll go out fishing and all and it's just like it's the best. Like if you if you can f- just find the serenity to just kinda you know, sit and fish and just hang out with people you love and people you enjoy their time with. It's, it's, there's nothing oh, yeah. better. Yeah. I agree wholeheartedly. <laughs> I think that's why I love it so much. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. yeah. Uh, number three, what was your first concert? What was the first live show you saw? Okay. So the first show I ever saw, I was in seventh grade and I saw the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Nice. Was, uh, yeah. That was their stadium Arcadium tour. I remember that. <laughs> where, <laughs> yeah. where was that at? I think that was at the Wells Fargo Center. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I, you yeah. know what? I might that I can't remember if that was that might have been uh, the first time I ever saw them live as well. Okay. Like, I think it was that like right when John Frusciante came back. I think or yeah, yeah. Okay. I'm pretty sure Mars Volta opened for them. I could yes. be wrong, but okay, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. that's cool. Yeah, that was a good show, man. That was yeah. great. Yeah. So my 
little seventh grade brain was like sitting there all giddy, just like taking it all in. Everyone was going crazy. It was a good so time. cool. Yeah. Uh, number four, what was the last live show you went to? It was the last concert. So the last concert I went to was actually last week. I went to see Fish for the first time, which is oh like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I went with my cousin who's seen them like ninety, I don't know, ninety five times. Like no exaggeration. Like he's uh, a fish head for sure. But uh, it was a good time. I didn't really know what to expect, but I think I, you know, I had a really good time, and I would go see them again for sure. Yeah, my uh, my first uh, the first time I ever saw Fish was '94, uh, and okay. uh, it was at the Man Music Center. And oh, cool! Um, and it was a one, it was like a top ten concert of all time. Like, and I I was not even a fan at the time. Yeah. I was like just kind of casually like I had a friend who was a, same thing. Like I had a friend who was an obsessive, and he was like uh, he was like you're going with me to this show, and I was like <laughs> yeah, I mean they're all right or whatever. And then like, yeah. by the end of the show, I was like this is now my life. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. They started playing Fluffhead. I was like dancing like I've been listening to him for the past like twenty years. You know? <laughs> yeah, man. Hell yeah, <laughs> it's a good time. That's awesome. Uh, number five. What was your favorite concert? What was the best show you've ever been at? So this is tied. This is between the Jeff Tweedy show that I saw recently and Kendrick Lamar, who I saw uh, a year ago, I think. But um. They're tied for different reasons. Jeff Tweedy was like, you know, I was front and center watching my favorite songwriter of all time, like perform. So that was like, you know, you can't, yeah. you can't refute that as like not the best concert ever. But Kendrick was like, totally blew my mind. Like just the whole production of the show, um, just like everything that went into it, like the choreographed dancers. And it was like a show. It wasn't just like a music performance. It was like, a whole experience so um and i didn't go in thinking that like that was going to be my perspective when i after i left but it still is to this day so those are the best yeah. kind the kind that just completely take you off guard you know and yeah. just like shock the shit out of you <laughs> yeah yeah it was awesome that's cool uh number six who have you never seen live that you wish you would have they could be living or dead so I really still want to see Radiohead live. Um, I had tickets to see them when I was in high school. And uh, my my high school graduation was uh, rescheduled because of rain. And the oh. rain date, the rain date fell on the same day that I had tickets to see Radiohead. So I couldn't go. And to this day, I still haven't seen Radiohead. So I really want to make that happen. <laughs> yeah. Damn. I don't yeah. know, like uh, graduation, uh, you know, I kind of might have bailed. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. I think I like begged my parents to go to the radio concert. They're like, nah, you got to get yeah. that diploma. <laughs> yeah, okay. I guess that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, number seven, name an unappreciated John. Name something you wish more people were into. Uh, ben Queller. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Ben Queller is like up there for... Um, you know, he's probably like one of my top favorite songwriters, but I feel like not many people, maybe I'm just, maybe I just don't know, but it doesn't seem like many people are into Ben Queller, but. No, I think that's 100% true. Like, uh, uh, as, as a matter of fact, it, it's so weird that you, you, uh, just said that because like, uh, that was somebody I was obsessed with, um, forever. And right when you said it, I was like, oh shit, what is he up to? Like, I just, <laughs> yeah. like, I just in my head was just like, oh, what the hell? Like, yeah. Yeah, you like look him up and he's still like doing like big things, but I feel like nobody really knows about it. <laughs> yeah, that's so weird. That is yeah. so weird because like um I feel like like s 7 or 8 years ago, maybe even longer now, the yeah, time is so weird to me. I can't, you know, I, I count uh, the pandemic years as like one year even though it was oh, like yeah. two and a half or whatever. Yeah. But uh but uh however long ago it was that that um that I I was like constantly spent well I still had my iPad uh, my iPod so it had to mm. have been a very long time ago but uh <laughs> but um but yeah it's so weird that somebody like who was like everywhere um like XPN and stuff like that played uh played him a bunch and all and now like like I said I just literally was just like oh, fuck now I'm gonna have to finish this and go see what he's been up to. Like, yeah, exactly, man. I I don't know what he's up to right now. I should look, <laughs> I should find that out yeah, too. See, 
Good answer. Great answer. Uh, number eight, what's your favorite album? Um, my favorite album is Summer Teeth by Wilco. Yeah. Um, I think it's just because like my brother's friend when I was younger, like told me that I needed to listen to that album and I like put it off forever. And like eventually I finally listened to it and I like fell in love with the album and that opened my world to the world of Wilco and still I, I just love the album. It's just yeah. Not, <laughs> it's, it's just like I think there's only like 10 songs on it and they're all just bangers. So I just I appreciate it. It's a weird yeah. album, but I love it. You know, it's really it's it's really funny um, that that's your answer because my I, every once in a while I like to throw in like a follow up, just a, a guest specific one, and my follow up to that was going to be what's your favorite Wilco album? So like, oh, so, okay, <laughs> so you you answered it with the answer, so it, yep. it really worked out. Um, I had this. Um, I had this thing that like um, uh, I came up with um, maybe it was like around Christmas time or something like that where like mm -hmm. um, I wanted to point out um, I w whenever somebody tells me that they're a Wilco fan I like to try to guess what their favorite Wilco album is oh um, yeah and uh, and uh, I'm not I'm not great at it but I am pretty good at it um, it's hard there's a lot of there's a lot of uh Wilco material out there. There is, yeah. Yeah. And uh, 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 surprisingly, I never find anybody whose favorite Wilco album is the same as mine. And that is, uh, I am a sucker. And it's it's wild because like Summer Teeth was it forever. Um, yeah. But um, Sky Blue Sky is just incredible and it just blows me away like uh like impossible germany and the entire solo into the outro um <laughs> uh is without a doubt the my favorite moment in music ever like of all time and uh, i this this is just um it's amazing that you say that because uh the answer to my favorite john of all time is impossible germany Hell so yes! i just wanted to <laughs> we're Spoilers. just answering each other's questions yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh it's so good i saw um uh when was that last november or december i saw um nels klein uh pat sanson and uh john starrett at uh ardmore music hall yeah i was at i was at you that show too yeah oh my god autumn defense right yes yeah, yeah. how yeah. cool was that show that was so cool man i um we i got to geek out with um charlie hall from the war on drugs about that show because he okay. was there too and, nice. and like we were just we were all talking about um the um the uh song that uh yuka did um with the with the oscillator uh the yeah uh, dude that was and just the stuff that nels was doing with i don't know what he was doing with like his little switches and stuff but yeah his his brain operates on a different frequency for sure <laughs> yeah unbelievable unbelievable uh number nine name an artist whose output you'll consume anything they put out um <clears throat> This is get. I guess this is getting redundant at this point. But I said Jeff Tweedy. Um, but let me think of another one. Um, My Morning Jacket's a good one. Okay. Um, yeah. Yeah. There's there's a lot of bands out there that I I don't only listen to Wilco. I promise. But, uh, it's all right if you do. I, you, you'll have no yeah. argument over here. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I I I consume. I feel like I consume so much music that when somebody asks me questions like that, I always immediately gravitate towards Wilco because it's the easy answer. Mm -hmm. But it's also like I'm obsessed with Wilco, so <laughs> it is yeah. the truthful answer. But um, yeah, I would say Jeff Tweedy. Anything? Okay. Uh, yeah, one hundred percent. Um, so here's here's a question: Have you watched um uh? Where are you, Jay Bennett? Yet the documentary? No, I haven't seen yeah. that yet. Oh my god! I my forget. friend keeps telling me to watch it. I need to watch it. It's incredible. It's a perfect compliment to if you ever saw uh, "I Am Trying to Break Your Heart," the uh, mm -hmm. documentary about Yankee Hotel Foxtrot. It's the perfect compliment to that. Like if I were to like screen a double feature, a music double feature somewhere, that would definitely those two go hand in hand. But yeah. like um, the 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 t you know hearing kind of the s Jay Bennett side of the story essentially. Mm -hmm. Um, you can, you, you, you I, I don't want to say that like you see things differently, but you just kind of like understand how perfectly, um, aligned those two guys were, um, yeah. for like two albums and then they weren't, yep. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, 
which is it's 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 sad because like they've created together some of my favorite music that exists yeah like um the the stuff that jay was doing on on summer teeth he's on am too i got my little yeah oh that's that's so dope (laughs) yeah that's so dope uh number 10 favorite john of all time you said was impossible germany like that's yeah uh, I, i remember the first time i saw that live um, I was like, I, I literally going into the show told my friends that I went with, I was like, there is an honest to goodness chance you might catch me cry. <laughs> I was like, and I did, I had like tears in my eyes. Like it's a, and, and one of the things is like, um, I have, I have this weird, um, audio response to like, um, uh, things growing and, yeah. uh, and, and having a release and it has yep. the best release ever. Yep. I okay, so we're we're pretty much on the same page with this because every time I've seen them perform Impossible Germany live and it gets to that dual guitar part, I cry. Hands yeah. down. Every single time. I think I've seen Wilco three times and every time that they've performed that, it's just like this response that I have no control over. So I totally understand. It's it's hilarious that you said that because I was going to tell you the same thing. It does something to me, man. Yeah. It does. It's, it's just, it's fucking a powerful piece of music. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) You know, uh, what's really, uh, funny is, uh, when we saw him in DC, he did an acoustic version of impossible Germany and it just didn't hit like that. Like it it was really weird. That makes sense, man. (laughs) Like those guitar, I call them guitar monies. Like, yes. Yeah. The guitar monies are so fucking beautiful on that song. So I don't see that it would have hit the same way just on an acoustic guitar. Like it started and I got really excited and then I was like, oh, wait a minute. Like it was like, <laughs> <laughs> it's not evoking the same response. Yeah. It's yeah. Like, I was like, oh, right. Yeah. Okay. It's the experience, not the song. <laughs> yeah. I got it. For sure. Um, so you said you're you're working on uh, new music now. Um, yeah. Are, are, are you, uh, do you have like kind of a, a target to uh, go in the studio and, and kick it out or? Um, so, I mean, I, I recorded, uh, I have like six songs like tracked. Um, so I don't, I, I'm kind of just going in with not really a plan. Um, yeah. it's more of just like, I have these ideas and I want to get them down and I want to see them completed. Um, I'm sure that I'll write like an, another handful of tunes like before I'm ready to put whatever it is that I'm going to put out again, but um, not necessarily a real target. Uh, I mean, I get into these routines where it's like, if I go to the studio and I track out all the drums, it's like, oh, okay, well, two weeks from now, I want to make sure that I'm ready to go again to, and I, you know, it doesn't have to be that way, but it's just like how I operate. How it works. Yeah. 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 yeah, respect, respect. Uh, so if these cool cats and kittens who listen to my show want to find uh, your music or find more about you, what's the best way to track you down on the internet? So I'd say Instagram is a good one. Um, I'm a Houston one, a H U S T one, um, on Instagram. Uh, all my music's on Spotify, all the streaming platforms. I did put out a music video recently, actually. Um, it's on YouTube. It's called tip the scale. Uh, it's a cowboy themed video. It's fun. Um, I got to ride a horse for a little bit, which was cool. So you can check that out. I completely uh, forgot to ask you about that because I wanted to know whose horse that was. Like, like uh, that's almost like a flex. You got a horse yeah. in your video. <laughs> it was. Um, it it was at this place called Wild West City in New Jersey. It's like an amusement park, and I ended up like having this idea for a cowboy theme. So. The horse just came with the package, <laughs> so um, I couldn't tell you the last time I've sat on a horse. So it was cool. It's a cool experience. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. And and the 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 entire Western uh, theme of the video is great. So definitely, uh, if you're out there listening to this, check that out. Um, it's a great great video and a great song. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Well, thank you so much uh, for joining me here today. And uh, not just that, but for an awesome conversation and for the awesome music that you create. Like, uh, it, 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 the world is a better place uh, due to the tunes you have put together. Um, oh, thanks, so, man. So <laughs> thank you so it. much. Thanks so much for having me, man. This has been, like, such a cool experience. Appreciate it. 
My many thanks again to Andrew for joining me on the show today. Outward Kid is available now on all major streaming services and is available for purchase on vinyl on Andrew's Bandcamp page at andrewhouston.bandcamp.com. And the Western theme video for his single, Tip the Scale, is up on YouTube. Links to all of those are in the show notes. If you haven't done so already, please be sure to subscribe to the Yo That's My John podcast wherever you get your podcast from. And guys, it is never too late to get yourself a super awesome John Scout merit badge for citizenship of the world just by rating and reviewing us. Shouts out to Sharon Miller and Dave Mack just for joining us on the John Scouts. Don't forget to visit www.yothatsmyjohn.com for articles, merchandise, and links to all of the previous episodes of this podcast. And while you're there, be sure to sign up for our mailing list to get all of the updates delivered straight into your inbox. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash yo that's my John for updates and live streams. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at yo that's my John and search yo that's my John on YouTube to find the yo that's my John YouTube channel. Like and subscribe the heck out of that ish. We want to hear from you. Reach out, reach out and touch some John. Thanks again for listening and for everything you guys do. On the next episode, I was blessed to be able to talk to one of the major inspirations for this very show, someone I've been trying to get on here for over two years now, so you will not want to miss that one. Hashtag goals. Blue skies. Until next time, everybody. Hey, yo, displace the guilt and embrace the pleasure. Your taste in music doesn't have Yo, That's My John is a Lonely Monk production written and produced by yours truly, Nate Runkle. Theme song by Phil Tyler Music featuring Nate 3.0. Special thanks to Fox Run Brands, DX Ferris, Andrew Scott, Natalie Runkle, and the incredibly brilliant and wickedly stunning Katie Daubney. If you or anyone you know has any ideas they would like to share or any guests they would like to hear on the podcast, please feel free to reach out to us at yo that's my john at gmail.com. Or you can leave an audio message for us and possibly hear yourself on a future episode by visiting anchor.fm slash ytmj slash message. Until next time, be sure to displace the guilt and embrace the pleasure and shout. To the world, yo, that's my John. <laughs>